morning. Well, this morning we're, we're beginning to come to the, the end of this uh, series on discipling like Jesus. Uh, we've talked about what discipleship is and what it looks like, some of the barriers against it. And this morning, we're just going to look at one verse in, in John's Gospel. John chapter 3, verse 22. Listen as I read. After these things, Jesus and his disciples came into the land of Judea. And there he was spending time with them and baptizing. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we, we praise you and thank you for how you love us and are with us. And we just ask that you be among us and all that is said and shared be for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as we said, we have talked the definition of discipleship. It's not about just uh, believing or but more about becoming. It's not just about information, but transformation. It's becoming more like Jesus. And in a multitude of ways we've talked about barriers to it and what it's been, but, but if you really boil it down to some ideas, there's, there's relational aspect to it. There's some accountability and encouragement to it of helping one another along the journey. And we have talked about um, models that I've mentioned the idea of, of discipleship, that we, we think in terms of information, we think in terms of events, but really what discipleship is, is becoming more like Jesus. And it is a process. It is something that we begin moving towards and that works in our lives for, for the rest of our lives. And how we live that out in spending time with, with Jesus and spending time with others and spending time in serving and blessing the world. In the resource we've been looking at, they give the, the three B's of becoming, becoming like Jesus, belonging, belonging to a group, and blessing, blessing the world. A simple way to think about it. When we think about belonging, we often think about, do I belong? Do I, do I feel like I, I fit in? Am I being connected? And that's important. But I don't know that Jesus really, really thought about that. It was more along the ideas of, how letting other people know they belong as part of my life, belong with me. And so as we, th we think about these ideas, this passage of Scripture, the key thing here is that it says that, that Jesus then moves on and spends time with the disciples. Just a simple idea of spending time with him. They spent time with Jesus and they spent time with each other. There's the relational piece of growing and learning and implementing. Now, one of the things we have talked a multitude of, of models that I've mentioned. And I mentioned one of my favorites, the Life Transformation Group, where just two people meet and agree to read a certain amount of scripture and they meet each week and, and have some accountability questions and some encouragement. And, and then just the goal is, you know, what's God saying to you? And, and how can I help you live it out? There's other small group uh, ideas of, you know, mention one called a huddle where there's a facilitator. And you may take an idea from scripture or from the Christian life and talk about it that week. And then just, again, read, read some scripture during the week. But then when you meet, it's the idea of helping people discern what, what is God saying to you and how can we as a group help you live that out? 
How can we help you take a next step? There's small groups. There is curriculum-based. There is uh, church programming ideas. There is home church ideas. There is countless ways to think about growing and being in discipleship relationships, growing in your relationship with Christ and with other people. But that's the key. And Jesus here says, a spent time with them. You see that throughout the, the Gospels of spending time together. And, and talking about and thinking about the, the strategies of discipleship, one of the things I've said is we think so much in terms of information. And, you know, in coming to an event and be given information. And it's not about just coming to an event. That's not really where the main discipleship happens. And it's not even really the model that Jesus gives us. One of my favorite illustrations, and I've, I've given it before, regarding discipleship is, a, my, my wife calls it the numbers illustration. This idea, of if you wanted to reach a billion people uh, for Jesus, that was your goal. You know, you're going to reach a billion people, and you managed to get a thousand people on your team, and they were all great evangelists, and they could reach 20 people a week, every one of them. So you had 20,000 people a week adding to your church or to your movement, whatever you want to call it. 20,000 people a week, that's great numbers. But it would take you around 961 years to reach a billion people. But if you just had one person that poured his or her life into just two people for an entire year, and at the end of that year, those two people could then just kind of pour their life into two more people. So your first year, you got yourself and two people, three people. Second year, you've got nine people. And some of you know where I'm going. If you continue to just focus on everybody reaching two people and pouring life into them, to where two people every year, it would take you 18 years to reach a billion people. And by 24 years, you would have reached the entire population of the earth twice. It's a better model. It's actually the model Jesus gives us. There's times that he ministers to multitudes, but he really spends time with 12. And then even out of those 12, we're told several times in Scripture that he kind of pours life into three, Peter, James, and John. The, the, the simple, intentional relationships are so important. And that's how discipleship really happens. And encouraging and accountability and, and stepping forward and helping discern another person what God is saying as you move forward and becoming more like Jesus. But you know, we've talked about some of the barriers to that. You know, one last week we certainly said people don't feel qualified. Well, we that was the main thing we looked at last week. If you don't feel qualified, you're in pretty good company. All the disciples doubted, even after the resurrection. And Jesus still uses them. We're really, we're not qualified. That's what gives Jesus an opportunity to be tangibly at work in our lives and working. We do the best we can. And then Jesus steps in, and that's who really brings about the transformation. We're not qualified. 
But you know, in, in the data and the research for years, there have been a couple other arguments of barriers. One of the top barriers to discipleship in all the resources and, and research for the last, I don't know how many years, um, even coming out of a, a George Barna study, was time. That we're just so busy that actually American Christians know what discipleship should look like. We, we, we get the idea. We know what, kind of what we should be doing. But there's just we're just too busy. There's too much time. I mean, there's too little time uh, to accomplish it all. And, and that, that is true. One of the things in years ago, when I was on staff at, at not that many years ago, um, and I still like to, to, to travel and do mission work, but when I was a missions pastor at a larger church, we was going into places like Africa and, and other countries and, and other cultures. And one of the things that I loved was the fact that so many times other cultures, uh, especially like Africa, are, are what's called polychromatic. That means they view time as just time. There's there's plenty of time. Time's time's not a commodity. Time's not. You, you've always got time. If you don't get to something right now, you can do it later. You, there's always time to stop and be in relationship because you've always got time. But then, in the Western world and especially the United States, we are off the chart polychromatic. And what that means, I mean monochromatic. What that means is. We view time as a commodity, as something that is a limited resource. There's only a, a certain amount of, and we've got to manage it and plan it, and, and we just fill it up, and we get so busy. And sometimes that's just mindset, but it's the culture we live in. And we get so busy, there's, there's not time. But, but one of the things that's happened, I, I just read uh, several articles that have been written very recently that make the argument, you know, we always labeled time as this major barrier to discipleship and, and, and growing in our relationship with Christ and kingdom things. But the pandemic, this whole COVID pandemic, you know, has forced us kind of rethink time and have been given some time we didn't have. We, we, we haven't been able to, to rush around taking our kids all different places or rush to work or rush here to rush to that event. So many things have changed. But what these articles were suggesting is, but our, our discipleship didn't really change. We didn't really invest more time into kingdom things. We still in, invested time into some of the wrong things. It may not have changed a whole lot. Of course, there, some things have. And I've mentioned, and I've heard other, other people tell me how they found time together as a family or time for, for friends or things slowed down. I mentioned how some things happened that I discovered more, more time with, with family being a good thing. But in essence, the data seems to suggest our, our discipleship and kingdom living may not have changed that much. Was time as big of an issue as we thought? To where then the argument this article was making was, do, do we just, do we realize the significance of it? The significance of 
what it means to, to be with Jesus and to be with people and to be moving forward in that. Maybe we just don't realize how important and significant it is. One of the things I've been thinking about recently is so many times we don't, you don't realize the significance of anything until you experience it a little. And recently, my wife and I um, went to, to Israel. Now, this is ours, our 25th wedding anniversary kind of trip planned, uh, kind of gift to each other. We had paid for and worked on, and then we had decided because of COVID, it, it wasn't going to happen. Um, but, but then Israel opened up its borders again, and we were able to go, and, and we made it. We had a great trip. But one of the things is we went to Israel and went to the Holy Lands, and we were going and visiting all the sites where Jesus walked and what he did. One of the things that I've been thinking on is, is the day that, and it was my wife and I really together, and we kind of broke away from the group, and we walked to the area of ancient Capernaum there on the Sea of Galilee, and we got to see that. And then we walked up to where it has traditionally been said that Jesus gave the Sermon on the Mount, the Mount of Beatitudes. And it was a pretty good walk. I mean, several couple of hours to walk up the road and to get there. And then we walked some other places. And we, we then later, when we went to Jerusalem area, we walked around the old town of Jerusalem. But one of the things I thought about is, you know, how much time we spent walking and how much we enjoy that. We like that. You know, we haven't really gotten away to an, to an international trip like that uh, in a while. And since we've had kids, we haven't really traveled internationally like that. And to spend the time just walking. And as we were walking from Capernaum up to amount of beatitudes we talked about all kinds of things it's then that we got a vision of thinking about the future and i've always said and we've always realized you know, if, you're, if you're not dreaming and sometimes those dreams don't come true but if you're not dreaming about the future and getting ideas about what tomorrow could possibilities would be then that's not good for a marriage but we, we dream about the future we talk about problems we talked about things we could implement we talked about faith we we prayed together as, as we walked and Spent time together. And I've thought about that and thought about this passage where it says, and Jesus spent time with the disciples. In the context here, uh, Jesus has just spent most of chapter 3 of John's gospel talking with Nicodemus in relationship with Nicodemus, who is this expert in the law who comes asking questions at night. And it's this dialogue and conversation with this learned Pharisee who doesn't end up following immediately. He does by the end of John's Gospel. There's the suggestion he becomes a disciple, but he doesn't immediately. Because of his education and what he's got going, there's barriers in the way. But the, right after this long dialogue and conversation, it then says the next thing is that Jesus then spends time with the disciples and they spend time with him and with each other and actually the word there in the Greek for that spending time together actually means to to rub and rub elbows to rub off to, to rub off on to rub off on each other really becoming more like Jesus and, and holding each other accountable to that and working together they spent time together and and why that was so significant in this trip to to Israel is I realized you know Jesus and the disciples they walked everywhere 
Like the idea of a day planner and packing everything with time, I mean, it didn't exist. And they were walking and talking, and it's where they probably laid out the vision of what it looked like. And, and as I said, they didn't feel qualified, and there's moments that Jesus sends them out in ministry, and they come back shocked that God showed up, and things happened. And it is this spending time. We were intentional on that trip of certainly spending time in prayer and with with God and certainly spending time with each other in profound ways. And then I noticed as we were flying back, and of course on the flight back, we spent a lot of that time asleep on the flight, but then when we were awake, of course, you know, it's loud on the plane and, and but then there's there's this you know, screen in front of you and so I, I that was kind of funny and also a little bit sad that we put our earbuds in and I watched a, a documentary, a docu-series on World War II and she was watching something else. Of It's almost like, okay, now we're, we're entering back into our Western American world. We better plug ourselves in and work on gathering new information. And some of the most significant life change and experiences is you walking and spending time together. We want to be intentional about that in our own lives. And I want us to be intentional about that as we read scripture. To where my intent is not to fuss at you and say, you know, this is what Jesus commanded, and you better realize it's important. It better but sometimes it just slips away. We forget or even we we never even realize. We, we don't realize the significance of something if we don't experience it, if we don't step into it, if we, if we don't intentionally step into it. So as we come to the end of this, this series on discipleship, I, I want to talk in, in a couple of weeks, we're going to enter into the, the season of Lent. Actually, on March 2nd is Ash Wednesday, and and the season of Lent is 40 days, not including Sundays, that go from Ash Wednesday to Easter. And you often hear people, it's time of spiritual reflection, or people will fast or give up things. And We're putting out a list to the congregation here. I hope to have links in the, in the video here and put stuff on the website that you can even access. But you can Google things. You can go online and, and Google, you know, discipleship opportunities and ideas for individuals and families for Lent or something. But the idea is making a list of as many possibilities as we think of just to, to spur ideas of ways that you can be intentional. Maybe setting aside a little bit of time to read a little scripture, to, to pray, to maybe pray before meals if you've not done that as a family or as individuals, as a couple. or. Maybe do something kind for a neighbor, unexpected, or ways that you can reach out to someone else. Maybe you can give up something. Maybe give up some screen time, and then what you can fill that time with. Some relationships. But the idea, and we're calling it four for 40, is that we want people to just to pick four areas, four things that would be a, a challenge to you. You know, if you've never, ever, spend any time in devotion of praying praying and reading scripture, you know, maybe five minutes would be a challenge to you. But whatever is a challenge to you that would help you take a next step in becoming a little more like Jesus, 
pick four things and be intentional about trying to implement them, four things a week during the 40 days of Lent. But with the hope that you'll experience them and, and then realize the significance. What it means, that, as I said, sometimes we just, we just don't know what we don't know. Because the goal isn't to get to Easter and then say, whew, I never have to do those things again. The hope is that you will get to Easter and realize, wow, that was a good experience. There's some aspects there, maybe two of them you want to keep keep implementing all the time and maybe you want to pick two different ones maybe two weren't didn't fit you or well, however but the idea is you will take a next step be intentional about it for 40 days with the hope of of beginning the rhythm of life of taking next steps all the time towards being more like jesus so from this simple passage that says Jesus, in the midst of a lot going on and ministering to people and, and spending time with people like Nicodemus who are asking questions, he then set aside time and he, he spent time rubbing off on, rubbing elbows with, spending time with the disciples. And they're disciples because they are becoming more like Jesus is the goal and the target. That's what a disciple is. So maybe we find some simple ways to, to be intentional about spending time with Jesus, spending significant time with other people, with the goal of becoming more like Jesus. Letting someone, letting other people know they belong in your life. And making a small step in blessing other people. I, I firmly believe it'll change everything. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for how you love us and invite us to be with you on the journey. Help us to find ways to, to intentionally take a next step and becoming more like Christ. May we grow as disciples. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.